welcome back to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Dr. Benjamin Ritter, who is an executive leadership and career coach. He is also his own podcast host. And today we're going to just talk about his journey to become the coach and podcast host he is today. Hi, Benjamin. How are you? I'm doing pretty wonderful. How are you today? I, I don't want to say your name because all of a sudden now you're going to have a bunch of devices <laughs> screaming out loud. It's okay. You don't have to. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So how you're doing, I'm glad you're doing good today. Um, how's, how was your Friday? Uh, wonderful. Well, so early. I just realized I can, I can just call you Alexa that if you don't mind, cause then I can just do that pause, this trick, trick the system. Uh, yeah. Doing wonderful. Uh, I haven't had to, I've been traveling a lot lately, actually to California for some onsite work. I also <laughs> run uh, building basically a talent development program at some companies. So not only do I help people grow in their careers and in terms of their own leadership development and executive presence, but I help organizations become places where people can do that. And so it's a nice merger cool. of kind of both worlds and to not be traveling this week is lovely. Even if, I mean, I like traveling for fun and I like but getting out of town and novelty. Yeah. It's yeah. It's nice to, it's nice to, so I moved to Austin about a year and a half ago and there's something to be said about being home and building your community and setting your roots. And once those roots are set, okay, go, go fly to the next tree for a little bit and create, you know, and set some roots there, but it's important that you set them at, at the home, at home base. Yeah, no, you need that home base. So like when you're able to not be out and about like traveling, you have that place to be comfort especially for people that like you, like when you travel a lot, like it's nice to come home to comfort. So I agree. Um, so speaking of being a coach and all your travels, how did you get into this? How did you want to become a coach? Yeah. So I basically work with people that were struggling with the things I was struggling with you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, so I was a healthcare executive, pretty successful professionally. Uh, but up to that point was pretty reactive in my career. Like most people, you apply to the jobs that are on job boards, you interview for the jobs your friends refer you to. Uh, maybe you just stay at the same job and you get promoted. So you stay there even longer. Uh, and so I didn't really make a lot of my own decisions. And that was, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why that happened. Like uh, I initially wanted to be a professional athlete. I went overseas for a little bit. That didn't work out. My major in college got canceled halfway through. Uh, two and a half years out of grad school, I, I was a poor recession. So I had four different job offers, but each canceled due to a loss of funding after I signed on the dotted line. So I got uh, to this point, I think in my career where I took something to take it. Not that it was so off base. It was still something I cared about. I, I cared about healthcare, but it was never really a decision. And when that happens, when you become the victim of your career, you can fall into almost a spiral of mm-hmm. resentment and negativity And so I was going into work, basically not wanting to work and trying to avoid work. And I tried things to get out of that. Like I applied to other jobs. I actually had a coaching business on the side at the time, but none of the things were actually in alignment with who I was as an individual, as a person, because I didn't kind of do that hard stop and say, I've been constantly striving for achievement and for things externally, uh, unhappy with the results, but I never stopped to really say, well, who am I now? What yeah. are the decisions are, you know, what decisions do I want to make for myself? What are the things about work I truly enjoy? Instead, I said, this isn't where I want to be. I need to go somewhere else. So I didn't make the most of where I was. And that impacted my relationships. It impacted yeah. how I felt about myself. 
it impacted how successful I was in terms of, you know, what I could have achieved at work, even though I was pretty successful in terms of being promoted into a leadership role and being sought, thought of as a high achiever at work and high potential. Uh, but so then there was finally just one day where I was walking into work. I could walk to work, by the way, that's how great it was. And was this in Chicago or was this yeah, in, in, in okay. Chicago? Yeah. Um, at that time I was a healthcare executive. So I worked in healthcare for about six. Well, at that, that moment was probably about three, three and a half years in. Okay. And then I was running a coaching business, uh, but in the realm of relationships. So I had a business oh. partner yeah, and that came up because of, again, reactive. Someone stopped me in the middle of a, a night out and said, I know what you're doing. You need to come meet my boss and ended up getting hired to run a nationwide men's coaching program and then worked for them for a year, then decided that I wanted to still put my message out into the world. So wrote a book, started a company, wrote for Ask Men, Men's Health and a bunch of stuff, but Very never cool. stopped to say, is that what I want for my career? And just invested about five years of my life into a business that I didn't really, really want to do. Yeah. Um, same thing when it came to my, my full-time gig at the time. Um, so I was walking into work and I looked around and kind of had this heavy cloud around me, which I normally did on the daily basis because I didn't like what yeah. I was doing. And I just started making eye contact with people. And it seemed like everyone was feeling the same way. I feel like everyone had this kind of zombie look on, like yeah. they literally could have had their arms outstretched and I would have been afraid that they would have tried to eat me. They just, <laughs> they looked so dead inside. And I was like, wow, that's probably how I look. And, and why am I like doing that. this to myself? Yeah. Don't want to be like this. And, you know, when you, when you research dating and relationship advice or you research life advice, you get a lot of really good take back control, be accountable, be responsible, be intentional. But when it comes to your career, it's not as straightforward. It, I didn't find that at the time, or maybe you just didn't look for it because yeah. I didn't feel like that was possible. But that all fits too with a career, yeah. like all those same advice. They mean, yeah. people might not give it as much, but it is, that is true. It's like when you, when your career, what you're doing doesn't feed your soul, like they tell you, like, if your relationship doesn't feed your soul, they're telling you to get out. Well, if your career doesn't feed your soul, you should be able to get out too. Mm -hmm. And how your actions are going to lead to the type of relationship that you create for yourself. So right. basically, luckily, I kind of had a little bit of a wake up call, like someone came up behind me and smacked me on the back of the head. And oh. so I did a, a finally, <laughs> not, not in reality, but when oh, I was, I was like, to wait. work that day. <laughs> And I was, I was lucky that I had a background in, I think, personal development where I could say, okay, I know what to do here. What do I care about? What challenges do I want to face? What part, what work energizes me and motivates me? Uh, I know that I've been holding myself back. I haven't been making the most of my day to day. So how can I start doing that? And I kind of had this just super about face um, just happened kind of in that one day, in that moment. And that led me to actually really kind of realize that of all the things that I've worked on over the past years, and there was kind of this underlying theme of coaching and development of others. And I could do that for organizations. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out to our corporate offices and I said, Hey, this is what I want to do. What do we have available? I went to my VP. I said, this is what I want to do. What do we have available? I'll keep doing my job, but I want to do this too. There's an interesting statistic that if you do, if 20% of your job has meaning, then you'll feel that 100% of your job has meaning, really. And I think if you also focus on that 20%, it will just grow gradually and naturally because of your strengths. 
But so I started doing some work in talent development at our organization and things were going getting better. Uh, but then we got acquired for the second time and everything stopped. All the projects stopped. Everything that I was doing was going to get centralized. And so it was kind of just like just big brick wall just end up coming up in front of me. And I said, well, that's not, this hasn't stopped me before. So what can I do about it? And so I started looking for jobs in the space. I started looking for opportunities to transition my coaching practice. Mm -hmm. So I shut down my business and didn't want to launch right into one because I was like, oof, there goes like five and a half years of a business. Like, yeah. you know, it wasn't, wasn't that it was unprofitable. It just wasn't what I wanted. I'm going to take my time to decide that what the next one's going to be. And then also realize that if I wanted to get into leadership development, I needed to get a little bit more credibility because I had no background in it. And uh, despite the fact that I, that I knew that I could go in and coach individuals, I didn't, it was still, I was still an amateur. I still had kind of amateur hour. Yeah. So I saw going back and getting my doctorate as a way to kind of the golden key to get, I kind of, people like Ben, did your doctorate help you with building your business and your career? And I go, you know, you're going to go knock on a lot of doors when you're pursuing your, like the next step in your career. Right. And you want people to have a reason to at least look out the people or to open the door a little bit like a crack. Yeah. Even with the chain on. The doctorate helps that a lot. And especially at my age. It and gives so you like able, that expertise yeah. too. Yeah. Besides of um, and yeah, it you become knowledgeable. Right? right. So I I spent three years, three and a half years of my life reading academic journals on job satisfaction, motivation, values, congruence, and you know, engagement. <laughs> and so that was partially is largely responsible for the platforms and things that I speak on. It's responsible for my theories around job crafting and self-leadership. Uh, and so then I took that credibility and about halfway through my program, I realized that I wanted to create live for yourself consulting. And so I drew out the acronym live on the back of a napkin when I was flying down to LA for one of my weeks of courses. I'm um, at the same time, I'm still working in healthcare full-time. I'm bartending to pay for my graduate degree uh, and wow. putting kind of the, the initial pieces of my, my new business together. And then it was just how you grow a coaching business. And so kind of step-by-step step. and Oh, about, about two and a half years ago, uh, some of my clients reached out to me for some internal positions, internal work. So now I do a pretty decent oh. split between coaching one-on-one -on -one and building talent development programs. So. Okay. Very cool. So was that net? So this is, so how long has your business been around then? So two and a half years. So I left So my business has been for about six years now, about like oh, five okay. and three fourths and left healthcare in 2018. So I was still, I was working with my business around then got my, got my official doctorate title in 2018. So there's some overlap there because yeah. I wanted to make sure that I was making some decent money before I split out from healthcare. And I think around probably two years ago was where things really started taking off and scaled appropriately. Like when I work with entrepreneurs, I say, look, you're starting out, especially if you're a service-based business, you're looking at a three to five year window for you to be able to kind of take your hands off a little bit yeah, and say like, this is, this is really good. That actually is kind of good to hear. Cause I'm in a new business right now. Um, I do custom designs. So I do like the wine glasses and all kinds of things. And it's very, um, it's very overwhelming at times because it's like, I love it, but it feels like I could, I need to do more, but it's like, I've seen, like, I see some success, but it feels like I'm not as successful as I could be. And I guess it's, I mean, it's only been since July. So I've done really well for where I'm at now. Yeah. I realize 
there's a lot of research that shows we're really bad at estimating what we can accomplish in a year. No, that's not the, we are really, um, how do you say it? Basically what, what the saying is, is that we we try to give ourselves our goals for the year are a little bit too overextended, Yeah. but we totally underestimate. Uh, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we completely underestimate what we can accomplish in 10 years. And so when it comes to business, you have to think about it in the, in the long term, and you're building yeah. to a point where you're almost going to hit like an, this exponential peak where you have enough referrals, past business expertise, brand recognition, where things just kind of J curve, they just kind of shoot up, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to compound on each other, but you still, but you need to build that first. You need to build that brand recognition. People yeah. need to think about you and know about you. You need to have enough past customers for them to tell other people. So all that takes a ton of time, which is yes. great because when you first start a business, you're still changing how you do things. Right. Like, and so you're, you're finding that, that niche and cadence that you want and that you're going to need to scale your business. And actually, so hearing what I'm saying, so hearing what you're saying, it actually makes me feel better. So it like makes me feel like, okay, so it's, it is going to take time and I will see the success. It's just going to take its time. Yeah. And, what I talk about with a lot of my clients when it comes to their careers is, you know, they, they have this like all or nothing mentality and entrepreneurs have this too. I have to do this and I have to do that. So just, this is something that happened to me personally. So I'm coaching full-time. I have a very successful business. I'm also consulting and doing speaking engagements. Mm-hmm. And one of my clients comes, one of my potential clients actually comes up to me and says, will you come work for us? And I'm going to give you X amount of money that basically is going to double your annual income. And I still am okay with you running your own business. And those types of opportunities, when you run your own business, you'll, you'll find other income streams that come to you towards you. Right. That if you're just all or nothing into one channel, you're going to miss. Yeah. Where that other income stream can actually teach you a lot of great skills, build a brand new community around yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, help you financially. Um, so that's like, when we, when we think about, oh, it has to be this, all this, we miss out on the other components that, that, that relates to this. So like, yeah. why do we have our own business? It gives us, it gives us joy. Uh, maybe it helps us financially. It lets us live our values. And it's from your end, it sounds like also allows you to be creative yeah. and apply those strengths. Well, it's not the business that is important. It's the fact that you can do those things. Right. And so if we need to, while the business grows, what else can we do that allows us to do those things to create the life that we need or have the experiences that we want? True. I love that. Well, thank you. Um, so one thing you are also doing besides your coaching is your podcast. How did that come to play and what's that about? So in the first business, I had a, a podcast for about five and a half years. And when I rebranded, when I left that, I scrapped the, the podcast mm-hmm. and all the recordings. Yeah. That, that hurts, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like something you've created, something you were proud of. And so I really waited a long time until starting another podcast, a, a long time. Not, it wasn't really that long, but it was like I made the decision on what it was. Yeah. So initially it was to highlight speakers at my events because I would, I would have events every month. And then when we went, this is actually when everything shut down, 
uh, two years ago now. Mm -hmm. right? Do the so when in-person events stopped, I realized that okay, maybe I can use this podcast to just interview people I'm interested in again. And so it's about people that live for themselves that are have really either made a difference in the world or making a difference for the people around them, which is a difference in the world. And then I launched this year a podcast called The Executive because over the, the past couple of years, I've really started working with more senior leaders and executives just from a coaching mm -hmm. perspective. And you know they also can have a very in incredible impact on their organizations that they're in. And so then I interview their leadership philosophies as well as provide, I think, different versions of how one can grow professionally, mm -hmm. which I think is really needed yeah. uh, because people think that there's like only one way to do things. As, as you can tell from our conversation, I'm just like, no, nah, there's like, there's all these different branches <laughs> and fun places you can go down. Very much. Very true. So where can... Um... Where can my listeners find you? Where can they come see what you're doing? So one of the podcasts is called the Live for Yourself Revolution. Another podcast is called The Executive. And the website that you can find all my info at is liveforyourselfconsulting.com. All right. And I'm also super active on LinkedIn. So today I'm going to release a Fearless Friday video. So that's Dr. Benjamin Ritter on LinkedIn. And come find me. Come comment on a post and send me a message. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. And before I let you go, we're going to play a quick game. And it's just five question rapid fire about you. So the first one is a uh, drink of choice. Ooh, so I, okay. Rapid fire, but so I've been on this kind of like, let's okay. try all these non-alcohol <laughs> kick, non-alcohol kick all, replacements. Still like to have a cocktail every now and then, but there's this company called Three Three Spirits, okay, and they make a drink called Livener, L-I-V-E-N-E-R. Yes, it has live in it, so I'm excited. <laughs> it oh. matches my brand. <laughs> Very cool. But it's it's awesome. It's like a it has nootropics in it. It makes you feel good. It tastes cut like a cocktail. It's spicy, Ooh. and it's the best substitute I found so far. Very cool. Um, favorite movie or TV show or both. Ooh, I'm not the biggest movie buff or TV buff, but The Matrix. A few me, people have been saying it lately, actually, on yeah. this podcast. It's so funny. Yeah, this, this is just the overall concept that we're like living in this, you know, simulation is kind of neat to think about because if nothing is real, then it doesn't nothing really matters. And but so whatever matters is what what meaning you attribute to anything that is around you it's kind of cool yeah no, someone else literally i just re recorded with someone um like yeah one of the a couple days ago and i think they said the exact same thing it's so funny you should meet up with them i so. know um then what would you give advice to your younger self yeah i had a pretty strong imposter syndrome and inner critic when i was younger always worried about what other people thought of me. And I think a lot of us deal with that. Uh, and I would go back in time and say, the reason why you are so concerned about what other people think about you is because you don't know what you think about yourself and to spend some time defining that. I love that. Um, five words to describe yourself. Ooh, confident, clear, uh, intentional curious, 
and creative. Very cool. And the last one is, what does success mean to you? Success, success means that you get to wake up every day and live a life aligned with your values. Uh, has nothing to do with external achievements, just I can get up, I can do the things I care about and be 100% sure that I'm being authentic. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, this was another episode of Hey Alexa, and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye. Thank you.